Welcome to this week's Crowd Church service. We are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. Our service uh, will last about an hour and in a few seconds you'll meet our hosts uh, for our service who will introduce today's talk. After the talk, we will have a time of worship and reflection, after which we head into Conversation Street, where we look at your stories and questions that you've posted in the comments. Now, we want to invite you to connect with us here at Crowd Church, and we've got a few ways in which you can do just that. Firstly, you can engage with Crowd from any device during our live stream, and if you're up for it, why not invite a few friends over and experience the service together? You see, church is all about connecting with God and connecting with others. And one of the easiest ways for you to do that is join one of our midweek groups where we meet online together to catch up and discover more about the amazingness of Christ. You can also subscribe to our fairly new podcast called What's the Story, uh, where we deep dive into stories of faith and courage from everyday people. More information about all of these things can be found on our website at www.crowd.church, or you can reach out to us on social media at Crowd Church. If you are new to crowd or new to the Christian faith and would like to know what your next steps to take are, well, why not head over to our website, crowd.church forward slash next for more details. And now, the moment you've been waiting for is here. Our online church service starts right now. Well, Good evening and welcome. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Crowd Church. My name is Matt Edmondson. Beside me is the beautiful man, which is Dan Orange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How are we doing, Dan? You doing all right? Yeah, doing very well. Thank you. Good. How's your Sunday been? Busy, but good. <laughs> it's a bit different. That's very cryptic, isn't it? Very yeah. cryptic. Uh, welcome to Crowd Church. Uh, for those of you who've never been before, warm welcome to you. Crowd is an online church. Uh, and the thing I love about online church is that we uh, we kind of do this church whole thing together. You get to comment, uh, you get to throw your ideas, your stories, your thoughts, everything uh, in the comments, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. We would love to hear from you. Uh, do join in with us as we go along as we go through the talk talk let's talk about the talk dan do you know who's doing the talk today i do it's dave Connolly, which i'm very much looking forward to he is a is an awesome guy he's my uh, and your ex-pastor if you like isn't he um yeah, it's still a very good friend i don't and, know if I, yeah yeah so Dave is one of the founding pastors of the church that Dan and I yeah. go to, is probably a better way to put it. Uh, but yeah, yes, uh, in fact, Dave's in the comments. Good evening, Dave. Dave say hello to Dave. Everybody. Hello. Uh, Crew's in the comments. George's in the comments. Uh, if you're watching the live stream, do come and say hello. Uh, give us a wave. Let us know where you're watching from, uh, where you're connecting from around the world. Always good to hear and connect from new people. Do forgive my slightly nasal tones. Uh, I am... I am recovering from the man flu. Uh, you'll be pleased to know that I didn't have to 
uh, go to hospital or end up in ICU. Didn't have to call out the paramedics. I know, brave man that I am. Uh, we have soldiered on through the man flu. Uh, so, yes. It's <laughs> the way it goes, isn't it? Well done. Yeah. I, Dan, I don't know what to say. I just feel so proud of myself. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Now, we are coming to you live from uh, Liverpool here in the UK. And today we are carrying on... Uh, our Origin series, I think this is week three uh, of Origin, the new series that we're doing, uh, where we're going through the Gospel of John. And Dave uh, is going to take us through the next section of John's Gospel. If you've been following along on social media, George has been posting all the scriptures on there. You can sort of follow along uh, with the daily readings if you want to come in and join in on that. Uh, but Dave's going to do some concepts from uh, John's gospel. Then after that, we're going to have a brief time of worship, after which Dan and I will be back for Conversation Street. So uh, without any further ado, let's get into uh, today's topic uh, and the worship and just keep commenting throw your questions in thoughts ideas we would love to hear from you uh, and we'll be back again Dan and I very very soon here's today's talk with Dave oh see I'm pressing the button it's not doing anything tell you what I'm just going to use a good old-fashioned mouse let's try this <laughs> hello it's lovely to be with you today today we're going to look at John's gospel and specifically chapters three and four. And we just wanna pick up some of the main themes that we read in this portion of scripture. So let's begin in chapter three of John's gospel. Jesus one evening is visited by a Pharisee called Nicodemus, who is very curious about his teaching. John uses contrasts often to remind us that Jesus meets every person exactly where and how they most need to be met. This is a fascinating view of our attempt to find a path to God. Here we meet a good test case for the theory all paths lead to God. This guy Nicodemus, he's remarkable. He's introduced as a ruler of the Jews and a teacher of Israel. He was a Pharisee, someone who was meticulous about obeying God and God's word. Sometimes the Pharisees are regarded as bad guys, but everyone back then would have seen Pharisees as the good guys. This man is religious, he's a distinguished teacher, it's also possible that he was a member of the Sanhedrin, the ruling council of 70 men. He was amongst the greatest teachers in Jerusalem at the time, most probably. It's clear that he is devout and religious. He is sincere about his faith and he's known for being a good guy. For those who like the idea that all paths lead to God, if Nicodemus cannot make it in then we are all in trouble Nicodemus comes to Jesus one evening and initiates a conversation this is in essence a collision of a good person who is very sincere and righteous 
and Jesus? What happens when a good, moral, upright, religious person meets Jesus? Will Jesus affirm him and encourage him? Or will Jesus challenge and confront him? When Nicodemus approaches Jesus, he addresses Jesus as Rabbi. Surely he is off to a good start because he's shown respect to Jesus. His first words to Jesus are complimentary for someone who is a leading religious figure in Jerusalem. He is being very respectful, even deferential to Jesus. But Jesus gets right to the heart of the matter. Jesus says something that's been misunderstood throughout the years, but something that is crucial for all of us to understand. Look what Jesus says in verse 3. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is the part that caused a lot of misunderstanding. If we ask people what born again means, you may get the idea that it's a certain type of Christian. So what do you think it means? Nicodemus has a lot going for him. He has knowledge, gifts, understanding, position, integrity. He's the equivalent to a Buddhist leader, to a Catholic cardinal, or even a Protestant Billy Graham. If all roads lead to God, then Nicodemus is at the very front of the road. But Jesus says that all of this, his knowledge, his gifts, his standing, his obedience, it counts for exactly nothing. You have to admit Jesus is not discriminatory here. This applies not just to people who identify to Buddhists or Muslims or Hindus. He applies it to people who identify as Christians as well. We all have the same basic standing and that's zero. Jesus says that we need to be born again, whoever we are. To be born again means that we receive from God nothing less than a completely new life, a completely transformed, completely forgiven life. Here's the amazing thing. Even a man like Nicodemus needs this. In order for Nicodemus to be accepted by God, God must completely remake him from scratch. Nothing less than a completely new beginning can put right all that's wrong with us. Basically, we're a write-off. Nothing is worth saving. There's nothing in us that hasn't been corrupted by sin. We don't need a minor tweak. We need every part of us that has been corroded to be changed. We don't need an upgrade. We need a complete new heart. This may sound a little bit depressing, but it's also encouraging as well. 
What this means is that we're all on equal ground. Being sincere, moral and religious doesn't help. Our relationship with God is not based on sincerity, morality or religion. It can't be. We need to be completely remade from inside out. Christians can't claim the higher ground. Thus far, we have heard all religions are not the same. They are contradictory. What do we do about the situation? The answer to this question is at the core of the good news that I want to give you today. We can't do anything about it ourselves. This is the hardest thing to accept. And it's also what sets Christianity apart from every other religion. It's inherent in the phrase born again. And it's repeated when Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. We read that in verse 5. We need a new beginning, a new birth that cleanses and renews to our very core. Christianity is not about us making ourselves a better person. It's not about getting our act together. The only thing we bring to God is our need. But that's exactly what God wants from us. The way we are changed is by looking to Jesus. A summary of verses 16 to 21 tells us this. God loved man enough to send his son to save them. But those who rejected Jesus are condemned. Ultimately, those who are lost love their sin more than they desired God. As we continue into chapter 4, we see Jesus goes from conversing with an educated, powerful, prestigious man to talking to someone who is an outcast, someone who is unlearned, someone who is a self-conscious woman. The combination of this passage along with Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus make an important spiritual point. The gospel is for all people in all places at all times. Christ can reach every person exactly where they are in exactly their unique situation and circumstance. Let's continue on. We see clearly in this passage, Jesus encounters the Samaritan woman. According to verse 4, they meet because Jesus had to go through Samaria. A map of the time period shows that the shortest route for Jesus to take from Judea to Galilee would indeed take him through Samaria. Yet for many Jews, this would be a problem. Jews seldom chose this route. There was great animosity between the Jews and the Samaritans, which went back several hundred years. Normally Jews would cross the Jordan, travel north, and then recross the Jordan 
rather than travel through the land of the Samaritans. Yet Jesus had no such prejudice. He had to go through Samaria, not only to get to Galilee, but also because he had a divine appointment with a particular woman who needed to be forgiven. In verse 6, Jesus arrives at the well at midday, roughly the same time as this local woman who came to draw water. Yet the presence of this woman at the well was unusual because at midday it would be very hot indeed. Not a good time to be in the sun carrying heavy loads of water. The fact she was there at noon may indicate she was intentionally avoiding the other women who would have gathered at the well. When she approaches Jesus, Jesus does something very startling. He asks her for a drink. Several cultural barriers stand between Jesus and this woman. Let me list them for you. Gender, race, religion, social standing, holiness. Any one of these things would have prevented Jesus from interacting with her. In her response in verse 9, she raises two of these barriers, but Jesus chooses not to focus on them. He suggests asking her for water is a small thing compared to interaction they could have. If she would just ask, he would give her living water. The woman's confused by his offer. Jesus clarifies that he is not talking about literal water, but something far greater. He is offering her eternal life, claiming he is the source of it. In verses 16 to 18 of chapter 4, the conversation turns very personal as Jesus probes into her relationships. Having offered her eternal life, he explores her need for forgiveness. She's been married five times and now she's living with a man who's not her husband. In verse 19, the woman changes the subject. She reacts like most of us would, squirming under the light of inspection. Her promiscuity likely led to social ostracism, which explains why she's drawing water at midday. Jesus' purpose wasn't to berate her or embarrass her or to expose her, but to explore her need. Having accomplished this, he graciously lets her change the topic. In verses 21 to 24, she raises the point of um, squabbling between the Jews and the Samaritans concerning the place from which God should be worshipped. Jesus replied, from the Jews will come a saviour and that through him all people, including Jews and Samaritans, will be invited to worship God in the spirit and in truth. Notice this, 
that she immediately goes home and begins to talk about Jesus. This is the normal, the natural and right response to having met Jesus. She hadn't taken a class on evangelism. She didn't feel obligated. She just had to talk about this amazing man she met at the well. And because she believed, she told others. And we know that many others believed also. Jesus didn't go to Samaria because he was in a hurry to get to Galilee. Rather, he needed to meet with this woman. He crossed several barriers without regard for social custom. He told her who he was. He explored her need for forgiveness and he offered her eternal life. My friend, can I tell you that no one is beyond the reach of the love and the grace and the mercy of God. The gospel is for each and every one of us. Because of our relationship with God is not based on sincerity, morality or religion, but on Jesus himself. We don't need enlightenment we don't need improvement. We do need a saviour. Jesus Christ is that saviour. And he invites each of us to look to him and live. That is an invitation directly and personally to you. God bless you and may you know this Jesus we have just been speaking about. God bless you.
So, welcome back. Welcome back to Conversation Street with myself and with Dan. Uh, this is where we're going to get into Dave's talk a little bit. So if you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments, do share them. We'd love to hear them from you. Uh, excuse me while I just scratch my nose. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is that time. So uh, we are going to get into that. Thank you, Dave, by the way, for doing the talk. Always fab to hear Dave speak. And I love Dan. I don't know about you, but I love the simplicity of what Dave was yeah. talking about. It just stripped everything away and just made it really simple. It's like, I don't yeah. care what your background is, whether you're male, female, Jew, Samaritan, whether you're black, white, it doesn't really make any difference, right? We all need Christ and he meets us wherever we're at. And I was like, yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wrote down, I wrote down, mic drop. <laughs> I just thought, it was like the talk, bing, that's it. Yeah. That's the gospel. If you um, if you think you're not good enough, you're not, and uh, none of us are. We need Jesus, and that's the whole. That's the whole the gospel. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. If you do, it's, yeah, the problem is more if you think you're good enough. Yes. Right. That's yeah. the problem. There's a. I, I, I'm not going to mention any names uh, of anybody, so I don't want to embarrass anybody. But um, there is a chap that I see on a fairly regular basis who is going through a hard time. Right. Uh, struggles with depression and anxiety and a whole bunch of other things. Um, and what fascinates me is he he must say every week, I don't deserve this, right? I've, I've been good. I've lived a good life. I don't deserve this. I don't understand it. Um, I mean, you know, let's take the theology out as to who the author of this depression and anxiety is for now. Um, but it's this belief, this overriding belief that actually that the majority of people in the West have, that I've lived a good life, therefore I am okay. I'm not perfect, but I am good. Um, and that seems to be okay. Uh, you know, that's kind of a lot of people thinking, isn't it? And um, I think I think the heart of the Christian message here is, certainly in the passage that we've read today with Nicodemus and the Samaritan woman, um, is actually that's, it doesn't matter whether you're good, bad, or indifferent, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the, Dave didn't read it out, but there's a line, I don't think it's in John's Gospel, but when Nicodemus is talking, he says, I've kept all the commandments right from my birth. Mm. You know, it's like all the laws, I've I've done them all. You know, you can't really Oh, that's the rich young ruler. Is, it, is that is oh, the yeah, rich young sorry, ruler no. the same as Nicodemus? I don't think they are. Yeah. I think they're two different people. No, I think, no, no, are we confusing no. stories here? Dan? I think we might be, yes, actually true. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's all right that's all right as long as i'm not going crazy that's the main thing but no you're right i mean with the rich young ruler which is another story in the gospels isn't it where um he's like good good master what what do i need to do to inherit eternal yeah. life and he says well have you kept all the commandments and he says yeah i've kept them all since birth and mm. jesus went no you haven't <laughs> here's one i'm just going to point it out right now and he went oh <laughs> <laughs> And I, th I think that's it, isn't it? It's the, it's the knowledge and belief that you have to come to with Christianity, I think. Yeah. That you can think of yourself like, oh, I'm, I've, I've lived a good life. But actually when faced with Christ, he just points his finger and you go, well, actually, no. 
no, I've, I've not done this, I've not done that, or I've not done the other. And you, you may not have gone to jail, you may not have killed anybody. That doesn't mean, <laughs> you know, it depends on whose standard we measure it, I suppose, doesn't it? And yeah. um, and that's, that's the thing in all of this, isn't it? You've got to measure it by God's standard. And fundamentally, yeah. there's no, I love that quote, there's no minor tweak, there's no upgrade. Uh, we all need a fresh start, we all need to begin yeah. again. Dave asked a really interesting question. What do you understand by the phrase uh, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, the phrase being born again? Um, mm. It's obviously a phrase that has been thrown around the church, you know, and we've, you may have heard, are you a born again Christian? Uh, like it's some kind of badge of honor or something type thing. But yeah. what do you understand just, by yeah. that phrase? Yeah, because Dave mentioned it like um, often it's just. Um, a type of Christianity are mm. there born again Christians. Sometimes in the news, in the media, it's it's the crazy Christians. Oh, they're the born again or the evangelical. <laughs> which I mean, yeah, that's what we put out there. But yeah, it it is what it. It is what it says, isn't it? That we can't we can't get in there from our normal earthly being born. We've got to be born um, of spirit. We've got to have a new life, mm. that new life within us. That 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 change, yeah, complete change, transformation, new yeah, new life. All the all the old life isn't isn't worthy of heaven. Isn't worthy of God. But the new life that He puts mm. in us is yeah it is it's that um and they i mean nicodemus was a bit confused by it wasn't it how can a man be born again when mm -hmm. he is old can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born because he was just like you he, jesus was using an analogy here and he was i think he took it way too literally obviously um, yeah. and but he talked about being jesus talked about being born of the kingdom of god and that is that's what you're talking about isn't it that's the mm. that's the fresh start that's the place where you come to and you go well yeah okay i need to start again uh and i'll i'll do that with with you jesus i just i i, I need a fresh start um yeah i thought i thought it was i thought the contrast actually between nicodemus and the samaritan woman that dave pulled out was quite fascinating um, and in the middle of these two stories, you have perhaps what is one of the most famous Bible verses, which is John 3.16, for God so loved the world that um, uh, he gave his only son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal life. Um, I'm just reading it off the screen here just to make sure I get it right. Quote right. Um, <laughs> and that's the interesting thing, isn't it? It's like, how do you get born again? You believe in Christ, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's quite a, yeah. a fascinating verse, isn't it? And I've seen it. I must have seen that a thousand times before I became a Christian, but I, it never really sunk in what it, what it, what it actually meant. What it meant. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. The fact that God, that God came, that's the, the reason that he came to this earth is, is sort of summed up in that verse isn't it that mm. without him we yeah we can't have this life without without him we perish mm -hmm. yeah that's the, that's that's with, the interesting yeah. that whole thing with nicodemus if there's a if if all paths lead to god 
and Nicodemus is at the front of the queue. I, I thought that was a really interesting statement, you know, just by judging by what Nicodemus had done with his life. Yeah. You know, he was a religious man. He was a devout man. He was deferential to Christ. He was polite, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but Jesus still said to him, dude, this is how it, how it needs to happen. It's not so much about what you do. It's about what you believe. And um, I thought that was a really fascinating uh I thought that was a fascinating insight, actually. Um, mm -hmm. Really clever. Yeah, I think we've yeah we've talked about it, haven't we? When uh, I've been on before, that the like Dave said that you know the talk the the phrase all pathways lead to God, but like I mean I'm just saying what you've just said, but that does sum it up that if that is true, he's at the top of the. He's at the top of the queue, you know. But mm. I can't say, or or you can't say, oh yeah, we we've led good lives because we could. He could say, well, my life was better than yours. You know, I've dedicated myself to the to the law and to um, to the teachings, but Jesus said he wasn't good enough. Mm. It, it 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 helps me to know that I can't. I can't scrape in any other way, and I just need, yeah, mm. I need God to change, change me. That's and that's what Dave said, wasn't it? That actually, the good thing about this is because it may sound like harsh, like actually, no one's good enough, no one measures up, no one meets the standard. Actually, Dave's comment that actually this is good news because there's nothing that we can do. Yeah, uh, yeah just and, and it comes back down to this whole idea of um, of grace again. You know, we have. God's grace, which welcomes us, regardless of what we've done or what we haven't done. And so no one is exempt from that. Um, yeah. So he talks about, um, Dave mentioned the Samaritan woman. And uh, I just thought it was probably worth just re-emphasizing again. The level of hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans cannot be overstated. Uh, and it had been going on for centuries, not like, not like a decade. Do you know what I mean? This wasn't a little family feud. This was warring nations. And when you got right down to it, one of the key problems, one of the key reasons for centuries-old division was um, came down to the idea of the belief on where we can worship God, right? So the Jews, like, we have to do this in Jerusalem in the temple. And the Samaritans are like, well, we've got this place over here where we can do it. And that causes this massive rift. I mean, there's more to the story than that, but um, it causes this massive rift between two groups of people from, in effect, the same heritage that don't speak to each other for centuries. And I can't think in the West of any nations that have been warring with each other for as long as those guys did. Do you know what I mean in terms of and the hatred and vitriol between them? Mm. Um, I just I just can't. I could joke. I could banter and say, well, Liverpool and Manchester have had their clashes, or you know, the English and the French have had their clashes, um, or maybe the English and the Scottish have had their clashes. Do you know what I mean? But it's kind mm. of yeah. We I don't think we've experienced the the complexity between these two parts of. Israel, you know, between the between the Jews and between the Samaritans. And that's really important because Jesus goes out of his way to meet with the Samaritans as a Jewish man. So not only is he meeting a Samaritan, he's meet, he's talking to a woman, which again, 
I don't mean to sound, you know, like disrespectful here, but it in, again, we have to understand how women were perceived and understood at the time of Christ, right? Um, and it was bad. It wasn't great at all. Uh, women were definitely second, third, fourth, fifth class citizens, right? They just, it just, it was just not good. And so here Jesus is breaking down the barriers of um gender he's breaking down the barriers of uh, the barriers the barriers of race and uh i i think it's extraordinary absolutely yeah. extraordinary not, do you know what i mean and not only you know he doesn't do that but pick a good woman if you like he picks a woman that's been sort of ostracized and she's the one that's getting the water in the middle of the day mm. so she doesn't bump into anyone else or um yeah i I love the verse that um, when she goes back home, she says, I found a man. I met a man that knew everything that mm. I'd ever done. He didn't tell her that. He didn't tell. He didn't recite everything she'd ever done. He just spoke those words that she knew. Oh, well, he knows mm. that. Mm. Therefore, he knows everything about me. Mm. I love that God knows everything about us, but still goes out of our out of his way to meet with us and to he went out of his way yeah to to reach this woman i, mm. I love that yeah no it's great i am um, i i like the <laughs> i like the story isn't it where uh, jesus says to you right go call your husband uh, and come here he said in verse 16 and the woman answered to him i have no husband now this is a really interesting uh, point isn't it and I I'm saying this slightly tongue-in-cheek because I feel like there have been times in my life where I have tried to pull the wool over God's eyes do, do you know what I mean that <laughs> that that time and that occasion where you feel like you know God is challenging you about something and you're like well yes but dot 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 do you know what I mean it's kind of it's kind of like the semi-truth over here. And as I have found out over the years, and as this, as this woman has found out uh, at the well, you cannot pull the wool over God's eyes. He knows. By very definition, if God's real and God is omnipresent, you've got no chance, right? And so there's this place of being utterly honest before God, which I, I don't know about you, Dan, it's not always that straightforward or easy to do. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, we can try excuses, can't we? <laughs> excuses in our minds, but yeah, we can get around this. I'm, yes, I know that's true, but but this was the situation I was in. I know that's true, but but yeah, yeah. He, spe he speaks and pierces straight through the, there's just no yeah. messing is there where she says i have no yeah. husband it's like that's the statement she says when i don't want to take this conversation any further i think you're a holy man or a religious man this is not going to go well for me so i'm going to mask i'm going to cover up i'm going to i'm just going to make a statement which is actually true yes. but i'm not going to i'm not going to volunteer any information right <clears throat> yeah. and that was the that was the thing where jesus turns around and he said no you're right saying you have no husband he was agreeing yeah uh, for you, you've actually had five, uh, and the one you have now is not actually your husband, is it? Yeah. 
And um, <clears throat> so what you have said is true. And I find that absolutely fascinating because at no point in that whole conversation, as far as I can tell, I mean, we, it's not recorded, did Jesus say, so therefore repent, you big fat sinner? Do you know what I mean? It's not like he turned around and he said, what are you doing with that guy who's not your husband? What's wrong with you? There was none of that. He just yeah. said, yeah, but I, I actually know what's really going on. I know what's going on inside and I know what's going on inside your heart and the stuff that you're not willing to admit or fess up to. I'm just going to put my finger on it uh, and just see what happens without any kind of condemnation. And um, yeah. that tends to be the way, right? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't shame it's not someone i don't know it's not someone in the playground shouting at it saying you know you know look at look at that person there look what they've done wrong mm. he 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 just speaks gently he speaks gently to us but we know we <laughs> we need we need him we know that he what he said is the truth mm. um it has come to me not not get away from me, not, um, yeah, we're not shamed mm. by God. He doesn't even say to her, does he? He does. He doesn't even say to her, you know what, you need to go sort your life out before nah. you come. Um, he didn't say that at all. In fact, he just goes on to talk about how she needs to worship him in spirit and in truth. And I wonder yeah. if that actually, um, the, you know, we talk a lot about what does this mean uh, to worship the spirit in uh, worshiping the spirit and in truth uh, for the father is seeking such people to worship him. Um, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Jesus said in verse 24, right? John four twenty-four. And I find this. I wonder if Jesus partly here is referring to the fact that she she was truthful, but not truthful uh, with Christ and actually Part of our worship to God as a Christian is that truthfulness, the truthfulness about our, our lives, the truthfulness about our hearts, the truthfulness about our mental state, our emotional state, how we feel, where we're up to, what we're doing, our thoughts, not trying to outrun them, but actually being truthful, uh, do you know what I mean, in, in a way that is utterly bare and honest before God and not running yeah. away. Yeah, I I keep thinking about you um, here on sort of American courtroom courtroom dramas. It's the I'll promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and mm -hmm. nothing but the truth. But they don't. They tell what the specific answers to the specific questions they've been asked. You know, did you walk across the road at ten o'clock? Yes, I did. Not. I walked across the road, but this happened and this happened. That's the whole truth. I'm going to tell just that part of the truth. Um, but it's, it's yeah, it's opening up to God because he, he knows the whole truth. So let's just admit that um, to him. We can't hide. He's not, he, he's not going to give out a list of questions and we can just get by by just going, oh, yes, did yes to that one, yes to that one, and yes to that one. But if it was a multiple choice, tick, 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 but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a score eight percent in your past kind no. of thing. No, it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So he goes on to say, um, the woman said to him, "I know that uh, Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, um, and when he comes, he will tell us all things." And then Jesus said to her, 
um, I am who you speak of, or I who speak to you am he, uh, is what it says yeah. in the ESV. Uh, yeah, it's very difficult to read. Um, yeah, the uh, message I who speak says, to you. Go on. Yeah, the message says, you don't have to wait any longer or look any further. <laughs> so I am he. Yeah, and this is, this is important because one of the things that I heard uh, in my in my early Christian years, you know, when you talk to people about how you are a Christian and there's a lot of comments like, um, well, Jesus never actually did dot, dot, dot. Right. And uh, one of the, the, the statements was, well, Jesus never claims to be God or the Messiah or the son of God. And it's like, well, actually, and I didn't know how to respond to that. Cause I didn't really know my Bible, but clearly right here. <laughs> yeah. He I says, am he. I am the messiah i am the one that you are waiting for um and he claimed to be the christ he claimed to be the messiah he blatantly came out and said who he was and actually one of the interesting things that you can do and one of the things that we'll start to pull out as we go through john's gospel is what is called the i am sayings so the claims that jesus says about himself so he says i am dot 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 right last week we talked about how jesus was full of grace and truth he talks here about um how he is the messiah next week he's going to talk about how he is the bread of life in a few weeks time we're going to hear about how he he says i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but through me and he makes all of these claims uh, and so it's important to know right that if you are looking at Christianity and you're looking at this faith and you think, well, Jesus, well, he was a good guy. He was a holy guy and people spoke well of him, but that was about it. Um, I would disagree because if Jesus wasn't the Messiah or if Jesus isn't the Messiah, the man's a liar and he's a complete yeah. and utter lunatic, right? He can't be, <laughs> he can't be this yeah. sort of indescript person in the middle because he claims here to be the Messiah. Well, a good person wouldn't do that. He wouldn't be that deceptive or deceiving. So he either was or he wasn't. Uh, and that's kind of the decision that Nicodemus had to come to. Uh, that's the decision that this lady uh, sort of came to. He, he either is this or he isn't. Um, and it's a really fascinating claim, isn't it, that Jesus makes? Yeah. I am yeah. the Messiah. I am. I am he. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just dun 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 dun. Yeah. I need some kind of dramatic music, don't I? <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah. So he says, "I am the Messiah." Now, Messiah. What does Messiah mean, Dan? <laughs> I don't. I don't know the actual definition of what it means um, in terms of the Hebrew or anything, but I do know it's the one that the prophets talked about the one that was um talked about right through the old testament one predicted mm -hmm. the one that was coming to to redeem us to take us from having to obey the law and sacrifices and altar mm -hmm. to to the one that transforms us as individual not just our mm. our lives and our actions mm. very good answer mm. very good answer that's what it, well, Dave, Dave's just put on there, God is wanting to see transformation in our lives. Unfortunately, many of us think he's wanting us to conform. That's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's Absolutely. really true. It's a, it's a really good statement. God is wanting to see transformation in our lives. Unfortunately, many of us thinks he's wanting us to conform, which is wrong. And it is. It's not conforming to um, 
oh, it's not like God wants robots. I just, it, it's not like he needs everybody to be the same. If you and I were the same, that would be a very dull uh, event for the world, I feel. Um, and the fact that we're unique and we're individual is, is just all part of God's character, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and being that, I think, is, is, quite, is quite amazing. And that transformation. And that's Messiah, right? Messiah, Christ means the same thing. Um, anointed one, uh, one who was anointed by God to, in effect, like you say, redeem or save mankind. And the Jews at the time thought when Messiah came, that Messiah would free them from slavery and especially from the Romans, the oppression mm. of the Romans. Um, because, you know, obviously Moses, when Moses came, took the guys out of slavery from Israel. And it's like, well, OK, so we're going to get out of slavery for the Romans. Uh, but when Jesus came, the thing that fascinates me and the thing which Dave's talking about here is that Jesus didn't do that. He challenged the individual. He challenges the woman at the well about her lifestyle uh, he challenges Nicodemus about how you get born again. And it's like, that's what Jesus did. He 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 doesn't come and sort of free them with all this sword and all that sort of stuff. He, yeah, they're all waiting for Jesus to come and free them. And the way Jesus does that, the way Messiah does that, is he challenges you personally. Yeah. And that was yeah. why the religious leaders struggled it was that no you need to personally transform not conform to what's going on here right this is not jesus on a white horse where you get to follow and say look we were right all these years i i i, I think it's quite it's quite an amazing aspect of the character of christ really yeah. uh, that he came as humble as he did uh, assuming that he was god that's quite an extraordinary claim to make yeah, can you? Yeah, it blows my mind that he he allowed that to he allowed all those things to happen to him, mm. being God. You know, we're we're starting off at John's, but we'll presumably go right through to his crucifixion. And mm. people abused him, people put him down, people mm. um, spat at him, and he was God, and he and he allowed it that. That is, it's beautiful, isn't it, that he, oh, yeah. he did that for us. Yeah. Mm. And the good news is, for if you're a Christian listening to this, this is the God that we serve. This is a God mm. that we adore, right? This is the amazingness of Christ. This is why we can say yeah. and claim we are Christians, that we are in God's family, that we are born of the kingdom of God, and all those kind mm. of statements. Not because of us, but because of Christ and what he did. And for those of you who are not yet Christ followers who are outside of the church, well, the invitation is as open to you as it is to me and you can follow um, and you can get involved and you can have that transformation uh, of the heart, that fresh start that Dave talked about. And so, I mean, the title of this week's live stream is A Path to God because not all, I, let me be clear, as Christians, we don't believe all roads lead to God. Um, it's not, you know, the analogy that people would say to me was, we imagine it's a mountain and God's at the top. Well, you can get to the top from multiple ways, multiple sides, all paths lead to God. And it's like, it's a great analogy. Unfortunately, I, I don't think it's true. And that's not to be disrespectful to any other religion, but it wasn't me. And it's not me who said that. I just want to be super clear, right? 
Yes. It was was Jesus that said that, not me. And again, I come back to Jesus was either the son of God, he was either the Messiah, or he was a complete lunatic. Now, a complete lunatic might say, yes, I'm the only way to God. But if he's Messiah and he says that, I need to listen, right? Mm. Yeah, you you quoted like the verses that we're going to come to next week that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that, that you, you see that on church billboards, um, see it around a lot, don't you? Um, but it's, it's, it's the the in it, mm-hmm. which is the key. It's not, I am a way, I'm not a truth, I'm not a life. It's, it's the way it, it is the only way to God. There's, there's no getting around it. It's, um, it's a tricky statement. It's an awesome mm. statement, but it's, tricky yeah yeah it is it's um it's one of those uncomfortable truths and last week we talked about grace and truth and how jesus was full of grace and truth and we see that again with the story here with the with the samaritan woman that he was very graceful with her but he was Mm. also quite truthful with her and so it's the same here right that actually uh we are full of grace and truth oh is it cut out yeah so we're getting some reports in that the live stream has cut out. Uh, it still seems to be okay on my end. So uh, no idea what's going on there. Uh, and I'm just checking. Yeah, we're streaming on YouTube. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still here on, on, oh no, live video's ended. I've got here on Facebook. Uh, well, if you're watching on Facebook, I'm really sorry. Uh, do come yeah. and join us on YouTube. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, that's the end of the live stream anyway, isn't it, really? Um, yes. so <laughs> and on that bombshell, uh, that mic drop moment. Um, <laughs> next week, let me tell you what's... Could you know what's coming up next week, Dan? Uh, no. No, I do. <laughs> I'm just checking now. Uh, <laughs> whilst I asked you that question, you said no. It gave me a chance to look at what's coming up. Uh, we have Pete Farrington. Um who is doing a talk we're looking at john's gospel chapter 4 verses 43 through 624 again you can follow along on social media with the readings um myself and anna kettle will be hosting who's an absolute legend um so do come join us for that make sure you like and subscribe to all things crowd church and we'll let you know what's coming up and when it's all going live we live stream the same time every week 6 p.m uk that's 1 p.m eastern standard time so do come and join us. Uh, it'd be great to see you. Uh, but I think, oh, the only other thing to say is, uh, if, you, <laughs> if you've got any questions, any thoughts, any comments, uh, if there's anything that we can help you with, if you'd like any prayer requests or anything like that, uh, we uh, are available on our website. You can reach out through our website, www.crowd.church or social media at Crowd Church. You can reach us on Instagram or Facebook, assuming Facebook is working when you actually yeah. go. Uh, it's just decided to stop working and we don't know why. Um, so, yeah, any questions, thoughts, comments, do come uh, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. This week we've been having conversations with Mike about the Trinity, been having conversations with Steve about the Ten Commandments. I mean, all kinds of people get in touch about all kinds of things, and it's awesome, uh, and we love it. So do get in touch with us. Do reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And you can do that through our website uh, or through social media at Crowd Church. Uh, Dan, anything else from you in the closing minutes, bud? Just right at the end of that 
that um, talk in those verses it just said if you're thirsty then come to me come to Jesus who's going to give you water that's everlasting that's eternal we've got I believe we've got that got that thirstiness for God but we can try to fill it with loads of other stuff but God wants to give us that water that's eternal mm. that's not gonna not gonna run out you're not going to need to strive for anything else after you've met Jesus. So definitely, yeah, send your messages in. We'd love to reply back. We'd love to pray for you. Um, yeah, get involved. Absolutely. Get involved. We'd love to hear from you. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Dan, thank you for joining me this week, bud. It's been uh, it's been a fascinating conversation. I'm living our little journey through John's gospel uh, and some mm. of the uncomfortable yeah. truths of Christ. Uh, maybe that's what we should call this series, the uncomfortable truths of Jesus. Um, but also they're very freeing, uh, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So yeah. uh, thank you for joining us. One last thing. Um, Matt Crew has reminded me here in the comments. Uh, we do have a Wednesday night group. So if you would like to join in on the Wednesday nights with us, we connect on Zoom and uh, we catch up with each other, um, have conversations, sometimes do Bible studies, sometimes people pray. It's all kinds of cool. So if you would like that community and like to connect, why not come join us uh, on a Wednesday night? More information is available on the website or you can reach out to us, like I say, social media. We'll send you all the details. We would love to meet you there. So I think that's it. Awesome. Thank you everyone for joining us and for sticking with us. Uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, it's been an absolute treat uh, to have this conversation. Dan, I will see you probably at some point during the week, no doubt. Uh, in I'm the sure I will, yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I will and come I- by to chop some metal. <laughs> that's great. Okay, real life. Yeah, that's real life. And it's like, if you have no idea what Dan's talking about, it's okay. He comes by our warehouse uh, and chops things up. So we, we, that's fine. (laughs) That's probably all the explanation you really need. Uh, But no, that's awesome. Dan, I'll see you over the next few days. The rest of you, I will see you, uh, if not before, next Sunday on our live stream, 6 p.m. Do come and join us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, That's it from myself, from Dan. Uh, The live stream is now going to end. Uh, So have a great week. God bless you. Bye for now.